Humanity has an age-old obsession with the end of the world. That obsession is why we're here, as explorers. You're one of the first people to set foot in this dark new world. And you're about to start on a journey you'll never forget. Welcome back, dear friends, to another episode of Ash Tales. So, by this point, you know, eight episodes into Series 1, you're probably quite familiar with what we do. Original short stories, obviously about the end of the world, kind of our jam. And we're super lucky because all of our stories come from people like you. We host stories from seasoned writers all the way through to fresh-faced amateurs that have literally just started putting pen to paper. If it's good, and it's about the apocalypse, we are more than happy to feature it. I just wanted to give a little shout-out, though, just to make you aware that we don't just accept short stories. If you are the author of an original indie post-apocalyptic series, please get in touch. We are happy to feature maybe a chapter from your work, publish that on the website, uh, and if it's really good, even turn that into an episode of the podcast. We've done it before with a few books and we'll be happy to do it again. Same thing goes for anyone out there that just has a strong opinion about anything to do with post-apocalyptic fiction. Whether you want to round up your favourite post-apocalyptic movies from the 1980s, or wax lyrical about the impending dangers of climate change, Ash Tales is open to you. All you got to do is drop me an email, ryan at ashtales.com, nice and easy to remember, and I'll be happy to work through it with you. So, enough about Ash Tales, about us, let's get down to the meat of today. Today's story comes from a man called A.E. Stuve, and I'm really sorry if I butchered the pronunciation of that, I had to Google it, forgive me. Uh, A.E. Stuve is uh, a writer from Omaha. He has an MFA from the University of Nebraska, where he received the Wendy Fort Foundation Prize for Exemplary Work in Fiction. I know nothing about Nebraska, but that sounds pretty prestigious to me. His work has appeared in dozens of journals and collections, and his debut novel, Former, a horror-slash-sci-fi novel, uh, is a hell of a read. Uh, It was also a 2016 Forward Indies finalist. Can't say much fairer than that. So, with an obvious calibre behind today's story, I was pretty excited to record it. I think you're going to enjoy it as well. Here is Jacob and Katie and the Building People by A.E. Stuve. We really shouldn't go near that place. Katie said as Jacob led her toward the dark building in the middle of the abandoned village. You know who lives there. Jacob nodded, but Katie wasn't sure he'd actually heard. Ever since the music started, he hadn't been able to focus on anything but what was going on in the buildings they passed. It was dangerous to get so close, even in the daytime. Her grandma had told her that the building people couldn't come out when the sun was up, but they could hear you and they could smell you, and worst of all, they could share that information with their brethren. Then, everywhere there was a building still standing, 
the building people would know you were coming, know you were near. Katie shivered. Jacob, clutching her hand, felt her nervous shakes. He sighed and stopped, facing her. His big brown eyes looked agitated, but not angry. She melted a little. Katie, he said, the building people are not what your grandma says they are. They aren't. You've heard their music. They can't be. I know, still. It was true. Katie had heard their music with Jacob two weeks earlier, and every time their tribe passed one of the structural relics from olden times, Jacob had made an excuse to fall behind and hover around the entrances, peeking into the crystal windows, looking around. And Katie had gone with him. But this time of day, with the sun barely hanging in the darkening sky, Katie couldn't help but feel a little fear. Or a lot. Old fairy tales die hard. Wasn't the sound beautiful? Jacob asked. She nodded. Can a sound that beautiful be made by monsters like your grandma describes? I don't think so, but... He let go of her hand, disgusted. There is no but here, Katie. One of these days I am going to hear that music again. And when I do, I'm going to join the building people. You can come with me, but you don't have to. He turned from her and crossed his arms, looking into the towering structure before him. He wasn't sure how tall it was, but its slick grey sides and rows upon row of windows spoke of wonder and lured him closer. Jacob knew he had heard the music. He knew Katie had as well. But more importantly, he knew that music was created by something magical. Something good. It was something that could make their lives better if only the elders would listen. Don't be like that, Katie said. She reached out and placed her hand on his shoulder. She was studying the building too, not with the kind of hushed wonder Jacob had, but with fear. The music had been amazing. It had been unlike anything she had ever heard. But it had also come from one of these relics, and the building people lived here, through their twisting and turning corridors, up into the sky where she couldn't go, and down into the earth where lights wouldn't catch them. Legend had it they threw things down at travellers like them, sometimes heavy things. They pounced from their magical windows, grabbing victims and leaving nothing but a trail of blood and body parts behind them. It had been a long time since anyone in the tribe had reported something like that, though. It hadn't happened in her life, anyway. Her mum had said it had happened when she had been a small girl, but Katie's mum was old now, almost forty. That was four decades without incident. Maybe the building people had changed. Maybe the stories had never been true at all. They're all fake, Jacob said, as though reading her mind. He had one hand over his eyes, shading them from the sun. Our parents and grandparents want to keep us out of these things because they aren't structurally sound. Structurally sound? It means they could fall. I read it in a book. Oh, Katie said, her hand still on his back. They weren't allowed to read books. Not just any books, anyway. Sure, the ones their parents provided were okay, but the ones they found on their journeys, usually scraps here and there, had strange stories, frightening ones, of a time gone by when there weren't building people, a time when everyone lived in houses and buildings and drove in something they called 
cars. Thinking of some of those stories forced frightened tears to well up in the corners of her eyes. You're scared again? Jacob asked. This time the edge in his voice was gone. He hung his head. Only a little, Jacob. This is scary. He placed his hand on hers. You know you don't have anything to worry about, though, don't you? He asked. I mean, I'm with you, and the building people like me. They played that music for me. They won't hurt me. Why would they hurt you? Katie sighed. She wasn't sure Jacob was right about the building people. But at the same time, she wasn't sure that her mother was sure either. And she definitely had her doubts about her grandmother. Old Lady Moot, as everyone called her, was crazy. Jacob faced her again and took both of her hands in his. He smiled. I know it's hard. It's a paradigm shift. She loved it when he said words she didn't understand. Their music changed our worldview. It'll take some time to get used to. I'm sorry I got mad a second ago. It's hard for me too. He pulled her in close and wrapped his arms around her. Let's catch up with the tribe, he said. It'll be our time to sleep soon. A few hours later, as Katie lay, huddled next to her little brothers and sisters in the family wagon, she keenly felt every bump in the road, every slight stall of the wheels. And she wondered what it would be like to stop, to really and actually stop for once. That was the main appeal of the buildings as far as she was concerned. Why her people hadn't found one that was relatively empty, cleared out the building people, and made that building their own, was beyond her. Whenever she had asked, the grown-ups only said things like, That's impossible! or mocked her question. They had to keep moving. It was how things were done. The tribes who stayed in one place too long were killed by the beasts that lumbered across the land, the giant monsters who weren't evil the way the building people were, but had to survive the only way they knew how, and that was by digging holes and sucking down the wanderers who stopped. I hate being a traveller, she mumbled to her sleeping siblings. A few carts over, Jacob couldn't sleep either. His mind danced with excitement. He wondered what it was like in those buildings, what the building people were really like, and what his new life would be like once he heard the music again. Eventually, he drifted off into a fanciful sleep of magical dreams. The next morning, when Katie climbed up to their wagon's roof, she found Jacob hopping on the top of his own wagon, jigging and giggling, she waved across to him and couldn't hold back the smile stretching across her face. He was ridiculous in a way she loved. Her hand stopped moving then. Her eyes widened, her heart stopped. She felt a sinking sensation in her stomach and the tips of her fingers tingling. Oh my god, she thought. I love him. She sat and cried and laughed, for she knew at that moment, no matter what Jacob did, she would go with him. Her fear be damned. Jacob leapt down from his wagon and ran through the parade of wagons, dodging horses and people with ease, until he climbed aboard Katie's. Are you okay? he asked, the concern in his voice the most soothing sound Katie had ever heard. I'm fine, she said, not looking at him, but I need a hug. Without question, he reached over and wrapped his arms around her. The warmth embraced her, and she felt herself going soft. Thank you, she sighed. <laughs> okay? Jacob replied as his arms slacked some around her. 
"'What are we going to do today?' she asked, backing away. "'I heard the music again, Katie. "'We're going to find the building people.' Fear smacked her in the stomach, but her muscles were made of the love she had for Jacob, so she embraced the hurt and nodded. "'Good,' she said. "'I'm ready now.' That night, it was easy to sneak away. The wagons were moving slowly over the plains, and there was a silence in the air that told a few monsters nearby. The people were comfortable, lazy even. Two teens slipping away in the night was not unheard of. After all, privacy was a commodity, and the adults understood how much they might have needed it. What was strange was the music Katie and Jacob heard when they approached one of the buildings. It was louder than it had been before, and felt as though it was absorbing them. Katie did not feel scared, though. She felt warm and welcome. Jacob laughed beside her as the music took on a physical quality, wrapped its lilting arms around them. It was warm and pleasant and reminded Katie of something she knew she'd never remember. Then, with a quick pull, both her and Jacob were sucked through a window and into the building. Moments later, covered in the blackness of night, two creatures who looked like Jacob and Katie, but were not Jacob and Katie, stepped out of the building. They held hands and walked towards the caravan of travellers, full of stories of wonder and beauty with the building people. And that's all from another episode of Ash Tales. If you'd like to get in touch for any reason, you want to share a short story, promote your book, or just share a blog post with our audience drop me a line ryan at ashtails.com other than that thanks as always for tuning in i'll see you next time